Welcome to the Inclusive School Spotlight podcast series brought to you by the Educating All Learners Alliance and the Center for Learner Equity. The Inclusive School Spotlight series highlights schools that are using innovative and promising practices to improve learning opportunities and outcomes for students with disabilities. I'm your host, Cash J. Owens, and today we highlight Cecilton Elementary in rural Maryland. Cecilton Elementary enrolls about 280 students, 15% of whom are students with disabilities. Today, I'm joined by Principal Megan Brown and Assistant Principal Samantha Wallace to talk about two practices that are central to the school's educational approach, differentiation and goal setting. Megan and Samantha, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. We are so excited to get to for the price of one and to learn a bit more about Cecilton. Um, so to kick us off, just imagine that I'm a prospective parent, curious to learn more about the school. Uh, can you paint a picture for me? What makes it a great place to learn? Sure. Like you said, Cecilton has about 280 students, grades pre-kindergarten through fifth grade. We would say what's most important is we are a student-centered school. We collectively um, strive to make sure that we put kids first in every decision that we make and that we know each child well. I would also share that we are considered a community school, so we are the hub of Cecilton. So um, as we invite parents into our building, and this just happened recently, um, parents that are have enrolled their children, we we encourage them to come and you know, take a tour of the school. And I was fortunate to just give a tour recently to a parent. And I think it just feels different when you walk in the school. And that she sent me an email afterwards and I encouraged her, you just have to come. Um, step into the classrooms. You can just see the dedication of the teachers and just that overall knowledge that all staff, um, every staff member, the custodians, the the kitchen staff has about each student and their needs um, and the desire for students to succeed in our building. Great, thank you so much. So we know that uh, part of that difference that you talk about in the classroom uh, may speak to some of that culture of differentiation that Cecilton uh, utilizes, not just for students with disabilities, but for all students. Can you talk a bit about what differentiation looks like at Cecilton? Maybe talk about any obstacles you've encountered with this model. Sure. So we've worked really hard to refine our, our process here at Cecilton when it comes to Um, our culture of differentiation and making sure that we are meeting all students' needs. So we meet with every grade level team and it's really an all hands on deck approach when we meet as teams every five weeks. Everything is data driven. So we look at that data, we determine what small groups we need or interventions we need, which ones are working, not working for our students. And then we make the necessary adjustments for another three-week cycle is normally what it is uh, for reading and math. So we make those adjustments to make sure that we're meeting all of those students' needs. Um, I would say that our staff come to the table knowing the whole child. And so we look at data So we also have to think about qualitative versus quantitative data. And 
uh, being able to speak to the whole child, which we, I would say we pride ourselves uh, as a staff and knowing the whole child and then being able to find ways to meet the needs of students and um, really looking at, you know, we, we rely on that, the universal design for learning as well and how those children learn best with every possible human resource we have in the building and thinking about their training and their strengths as well. So it's really almost as if every student has an individualized education program. And as we talk with each team, we go through each student. Where are they? What progress have they made? You know, what does the data suggest? Are we on a continuum that's going to, you know, continue the trajectory that's needed, or do we need to make a change to address either their learning or um, behavioral needs? So um, it really is about every child and that whole multi-tiered systems of support. Uh, And I would also say there are times that through these discussions that we have, uh, these collaborative conversations we have about our children, we at times are able to determine that we as a staff may need some more professional development and outside training. And that's when we will also, you know, make sure we are contacting or or contracting the right people to support our needs so that we can better support our students' needs. Sure. And I really appreciate what you said about knowing the whole child and that holistic approach, which I can imagine really uh, help support the uh, culture of goal setting for all students at Cecilton. Um, can you talk a bit more about goal setting and, and how it works in practice? Maybe you have a, a favorite student success story that you can share. So uh, we, we were just talking about this the other day. Um, there are so many success stories and, uh, you know, it's almost we wish you could get a glimpse of what what it looks like. But Um, Right outside our main office here, we have a bell. It's a nice big cowbell. And underneath of it is our poster that says every time the bell rings, a child has met their goal. And what we did was as a staff, we brainstormed any possible goal that our students could set, uh, create action plans for, and ultimately achieve. Some of them quarterly Some of them are year-long goals set as a class and individually. And it it was amazing the number of goals that our staff came up with collectively. So what we have is on one side of our wall, we have all of those different goals and our students are able to come sign the wall and they are able to ring the bell. And on the other side of that would be our class goals. And the entire class then is able to sign and ring the bell. And we we incentivize it, of course, um, each marking period as well. But I would say the what's, you know, what we love is we may be in a meeting or in our office and we hear the bell ring and we walk out into the hallway and you have an entire class lined up cheering for the student or students who have met their goal because not every student meets their goal at the same time. And um, what's even more exciting is the classes down the hall and around the corner 
also hear the bell ring and they stop what they are doing and they start cheering and clapping for whatever class or students are in the hallway celebrating meeting their goals. So um, that is very touching. And it's just this contagious, infectious feeling throughout the halls of our building. And that ownership that students have of their own learning, when you walk into a classroom, you can walk up to any student and say, what goal are you working on? And they can tell you their starting point of data and what they're hoping to achieve. So we've really worked with them um, throughout the year to understand what a SMART goal is um, and that it's measurable and and monitorable and achievable. Um, And some of them, you know, have adjusted their goals and have recognized, you know, maybe I didn't set that high enough and I need to, you know, adjust that um, at a higher level. But it's awesome to walk into, and we invite visitors to um, walk into our classrooms as well and ask students, you know, what are you working on? Can I see your data? Um, What are your actionable steps to help you get there? Um, And on Fridays, we ask students to reflect on their progress. What could they be doing differently um, to make better progress towards that goal? Do they need to make any adjustments? And even as a class, hey, guys, we're not really, you know, hitting this where we need to be. What do we need to do differently? And the class will brainstorm those ideas towards their class goals as well. Um, So it's really this ownership of learning, even from our littlest learners. Um, It is pretty exciting for them to understand the whole process of goal setting. And it's very powerful to see that they become co-producers of the learning that takes place in their classroom. Right. That self-directed sort of sense of empowerment, I think, goes a long way. And I've never met a a kid who can uh, tell you verbatim about the IEP goals that they're working on. So I think that's something to Mm -hmm. celebrate for sure. Students recognize that all our goals look different depending on where we are and where we would like to be. Um, And while I may have strengths in one area, I may have challenges or need to work on things in another area. So Um, even students with more severe disabilities, we all have something we're working towards. And what we've seen in the classroom is this level of encouragement from peer to peer, which is important, right, in developing that independence, is where the peers are encouraging um, their students to meet whatever goal it was um, that they set. And they can see those actionable steps. So they can say, you know, for this student who may just be working on, you know, basic letter recognition, I can help them through that process because I can see their actionable steps. So the goals are um, posted, either class goals or individual goals are posted where others can see them in order to encourage um, that growth. Our class goals are also posted right outside the door of the classroom so that any visitor, even an outside visitor who was unfamiliar, um, you know, with the process could read it quickly and then know, okay, when I go in this classroom, I should be encouraging them to, you know, whatever those actionable steps are listed under that goal. It's a good way to quickly connect with the classroom and, and help them to recognize that you also know, you know, what they're shooting toward. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it, it feels like a way to to bring the um, 
to bring outside folks or outsiders community um, surrounding community into sort of the school community and bridge that gap there. Yeah. And we definitely do that. We, um, at the end of each marking period, we uh, provide that opportunity through student-led conferences. So instead of your typical awards, marking period awards ceremony, uh, we believe that every child should be recognized for their growth and not every child fits in the all A's category or honor roll category. Um, there's so much to celebrate when we look at their growth um, and what they've done in a marking period. So we invite our business partners, we invite grandparents, parents in, and every child in our building is paired with an adult at the end of every marking period to share awards, because we do believe those are important to share if children have earned them, but also to share the goals that they had set for the marking period, and then their achievement, and to look at their personal student work, and to see that progression from the when they set the goal to when they actually achieve the goal, or if they're still making progress, and it's a two marking periods from now to see if they've achieved that goal or not. So we are very, uh, we pride ourselves on bringing the community in, which is why we also consider our school the hub of Cecilton. Um, thank you so much for, for sharing some of those success, success moments. Um, I'm sure there's other folks who are listening, thinking, how can I implement this at my school? Um, how can I put into practice school-wide goal setting or intentional differentiation? Uh, what advice would you give them? Sure. So we would say go slow to go fast, which is difficult, especially when there's so much excitement about new initiatives. And uh, I would say that actually uh, Samantha said it best is we began with class goals because they are easier to manage. And we really went by marking period when you said mm -hmm. from the I do, we do to you do. So we moved from class goals in the beginning of the year and worked through to individual goals and being able to create those action plans for each student because you know, it really is motivating. And that time that you spend creating goals and, and those action plans is definitely worth it. So in the very beginning, um, first marking period, our teachers modeled the process of what is a SMART goal? What does it look like? And what could that look like for our class? And, you know, that think aloud and modeling. And then into the second marking period, they worked on that together. And then into our third and fourth marking periods, that's where the students took ownership the second half of the year of their own learning. Um, and so they were really able to then understand the process and know what actionable steps, you know, look like, and they were able to work together to brainstorm or peer edit um, and give some ideas of how someone might achieve their goals if they were struggling. So it was, it was um, important to roll it out in that way, as, as Megan said, you know, going slow to then really gain that momentum towards the end of the year where students had that true understanding of their own. And ultimately really fostering that strong sense of community in each classroom as well. Right, right. And I see how those mini celebrations with the cowbell are really feeding into all of that and creating this community where we all celebrate each other's wins. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you both for joining us today.
Absolutely. Absolutely. I know our listeners are grateful for your insights and thank you to everyone out there who is uh, checking out the Inclusive School Spotlight series. As a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by the Educating All Learners Alliance and the Center for Learner Equity. For more resources and practical approaches that educators can use to enhance opportunities and outcomes for students with disabilities, check out the Educating All Learners Alliance resource library by visiting educatingalllearners.org and clicking the resources tab. To learn more about the work of the Center for Learner Equity, check out centerforlearnerequity.org. Thank you, and be sure to check out the other episodes in this series. 